Here we are, here we are, here we are. We're finally here. Reparenting part two, the finale. <sighs> um, here we go. Let's talk about it. Um, just a recap of last episode. We talked about reparenting yourself part one because it was pretty much the basics, like getting a full understanding of living in your truth and gaining knowledge of the fact that even though you live in your truth, the other party who may have caused your trauma doesn't have to care, doesn't have to change. They just don't have to do anything. So let's talk about reparenting ourselves from a different perspective. Um, recently in other episodes, we're talking about getting your mental health together. We have talked about trying to see if the person who cause you trauma wants to talk about it which you know we found out was most in most times rare although there are some people who absolutely don't have any problems sorting through the situation with you so that y'all both have clarity and can get on the same page there are a lot more people who don't even comprehend that a conversation needs to be had because that's just not the way that they have done things in the past traditionally so today for the finale, I wanted to talk about reparenting yourself more from a holistic healing side. And the reason I chose this as part two is because the majority of the time, people do not want to hear the good stuff before you sort through the bad. So let's get into it. Step one, get a peace of mind. I don't care how you get it, what you used to get it. Just get a positive muse for your mental space. Um, some people meditate. Some people write songs. Some people write poems. Some people record. Some people do videos. Some people play instruments. I just really would like to see more people get a, I want to, I'm going to just call it a hobby for your trauma and I know that sounds so far-fetched like why would I get a trauma for my hobby because if you're constantly sitting around absorbing energy that does not elevate you you're probably depressed you're, pro you're, you're probably filled with anxiety you're probably an overthinker like if you've been through these things that we have graced through these last couple of weeks You've been through a lot and now it's time for you to shift gears. So a part of reparenting yourself and shifting gears is not allowing yourself to be stuck in the mindset that was once created for you. Even if it was by you unknowingly, you now have the power to move onward and upward by way of a hobby this hobby would in fact based off of experience take up so much of your time that you won't think about your trauma anymore that is the goal like you have your everyday work your everyday family life you know i don't know if you have kids or you have a spouse or you're a college student like this covers a multitude of mindsets or lifestyles getting that hobby can be so so 
important so that that moment you do have time to just sit there, you're not overthinking. You're not having a meltdown. You're not feeling depressed for no reason. You're not feeling like, you know what, I wish I wasn't here or I hated here or why did this have to happen to me? Those things tend to pour in when you have that downtime, when you have that alone time. So it's very intelligent of you to go and occupy yourself with things other than substances. That's why I said step one was get a hobby, like get a peace of mind by doing whatever it is your muse is. And I know for some, it's easier said than done, but I would like to encourage you to try things until it fits. Don't box yourself in. Don't think about culture. Don't think about, you know, what's traditional from your bloodline or your family. Just actually say, you know what, I'm interested in this. And this is what I'm going to research about it. And this is what I'm going to try to partake in. It doesn't matter who likes it. It doesn't matter who wants to be a part. This is solely for you. Okay. With that being said, let's get into step two. Step two, after you get a peace of mind, gain sustainability in that space. What that means is, okay, I found this hobby after trying all the things I tried. This one is perfect. It feels good for me. I have what we would call a euphoric feeling about this particular space in my life when I'm doing this or that particular event. We don't want to start things and not complete them to their entirety or put them down too quick because we get back distracted mentally, emotionally, even physically sometimes by the things that have happened to us in our past. A lot of the time when we're talking about reparenting, we really only want to talk about the parents. And it's not only the parents that we can blame for certain behaviors because after a certain age, we should in fact switch gears by way of, like we talked about in part one, pulling it all together on the drawing board, plucking off what doesn't need to be there, trashing what doesn't you know need to stay, regrouping, reevaluating, and coming up with a new game plan. So this doesn't apply to each and every one of you listening, but for those who it does apply to, listen to me clearly. After a while, reparenting becomes your job. Like, You want your mom or your dad or your grandparent or your aunt or your godparents, whoever it is that had the the very, very, very great task of raising you to fix it. But not all of them have the capacity to do so. So being that they don't have the capacity to fix something that the majority of them, like we said in the episode before this, They don't even understand or know that this is a thing until you've brought it to their attention. So, with that being said, it becomes your responsibility to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and go out here 
and make sure that whatever it is you're doing to overturn those things, you stay grounded in them. You create a sustainability plan so that these things won't affect you in the same ways that they did once before. You don't start and quit or say, oh, you know, well, I got distracted, I'll get to it later, and then it's four years before you pick it up again. Sustainability is very, very important because it is something that I feel should be taught more, number one. But it's like really, really rare in some parts, especially where there's a lot of trauma. And a person that has a lot going on mentally and emotionally that has pretty much put their cape on and said, hey, I'm going to do this job. You tend to overwork yourself. You, you tend to be a much more people pleaser than a self pleaser. So step two was sustainability because I want you to sustain your happiness. It's been easier in the past to just go with the flow and, you know, let, let bygones be bygones. But if you're going to pick something up to be... I would call it a coping mechanism for you to not continue this toxic cycle of behavior that you're saying you don't want to be a part of anymore. You need some sustainability. Like a lot of people will tell you like, oh, go get stability. Stability is only one part of the equation. Sustainability is more of a longevity plan on, okay, I'm right here at this particular step right now. But I, I have the right to make goals and plans for futuristic time frames until this no longer serves me any purpose. And that brings me right into step three. Reparenting. Step three is get you some boundaries. Because I'm speaking from my own experience. Normally when you're a trauma-filled individual who didn't have the best upbringing, didn't have the best environment, you tend to not have boundaries because you would love to fill those voids, those voids that you may not even know are voids. You're trying to fill them daily, believe it or not. And for the young people who listen, this is something that I really want you guys to pay attention to because I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story how I started out with no boundaries. I grew up in an environment where I just had to do what the adults said. Don't take me wrong for the elders out there. I'm just living in my truth. I was told that pretty much like the customer is always right, the adult is always right. So anytime an adult would you know, ask anything of me, here I was just doing it. Um, because boundaries were not taught to me at an early age, I took that into middle school, high school, even college. And I want to say it took me the last, I'll say four going on five years to develop just boundaries. Like something that seems so simple to people is really not that simple for everyone. So here I am in my 30s. And I'm saying like, wow, like look at me back there in that place where I felt like I was so fulfilled by helping everyone else and making sure that everyone else was, was straight and 
I would hold my tongue and I would just like kind of suppress everything because I felt like it was not even worth it and all these things that people will coach you into believing because it benefits them you on the flip side when you have that sense of awakening happen to you you learn that a I haven't done anything for me simply because I lacked boundaries I can get so many things done and I was getting so many things done for other people that I neglected when it came to myself simply because I didn't have boundaries I would literally it's like I was working for the president I would make the show go on no matter the situation and or circumstance but when it came to remembering that I had needed to have something done by deadline for myself i was so engorged in the situation of another person that i forgot like i'm being raw and uncut here people i promise you there have been times that i missed out on great opportunities because i felt the need to dumb me down because someone else wanted the opportunity more than me i found myself in places where people were able to treat me how they felt they could treat me without any regards to my feelings simply because i lacked boundaries so step three is a very very big one all of them are big but step three i would definitely definitely hone in on because getting you some boundaries will change your life like i understand people do not like it when you get boundaries i understand people do not like it when you just switch up the game plan because they're okay with the way things are because again it's beneficial to them but as you begin to sort through things you'll start learning like hey that's not beneficial to me that act that act of kindness right there is actually not an act of kindness it's a lack of boundaries it's okay to be kind to people but there's a difference between kind and just simply lacking boundaries here's an example it's kind of me to help somebody once or twice because they really need help it's a lack of boundaries when i keep helping a person over and over and over again and they have absolutely no change in that particular situation that they're asking me for help with it's absolutely insane to expect something to change when based off of the evidence y'all know that's my that's my quote based off of the evidence it's almost my mantra, to be honest. There's absolutely nothing different about the situation every time they've approached you. So if the situation is always identical to when you last helped it, why are you helping it again? Why do you feel you need to? I'll take it even further. Why do you feel like you have to? Is it because that's just what you're used to? Is it because that's the environment that was created early on and no one ever like put any parameters there is it because you feel validated from helping like there's so many things that lay in a pool of no no boundaries so just really getting boundaries for the sake of your mental health is so important because you can end up in places where you're pretty much saying to people well i did all of this for you and i I, you know, I wrote for you and I was there and I helped you with this and I helped you with that. And people will look you dead in the face and they will ask you, sweetheart, 
or sir, who asked you? And I've watched so many people, including myself, go through those type of situations and the way they play out, it's very hurtful, but there is a big lesson there. And that lesson that I took from mine many, many years ago was if no one asked you for that, you initiated it. You invited it into your own life due to your lack of boundaries. And now that it doesn't feel the way you want it to feel in particular anymore, you now want to flip the script, which is one of those traits that we tend to see when you have trauma. Like you real live want people to love you, like you, care for you. Like again, filling those voids are important even if you don't know it's a void. Just take the time when you get a chance to really really evaluate your own behavior like all people aside reparenting is literally you evaluating your behavior your actions your cycles your like every day-to-day operation and then comparing it alongside to the things that you say you don't want because you've learned them from your environment previous to your adult life or your uh, previous to your teenage life. I honestly feel like people don't want to hear that, but it's like very, very true. Like, like I said, we can blame the adults all we want, but after a certain amount of time, If you don't shift gears, you become those same set adults that you don't want nothing to do with, which it's kind of weird because you're saying, hey, I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't want to be like them. You literally spend so much time trying not to be like them that you become them. And then after you become them, it's even harder to do a 360 degree turnaround because you've been living that way so long that number one, you don't even know that you're like them. You've falsified this identity of I'm above them. I'm not going to be like them. They're beneath me. I'm moving on in my life. Just for one day it hits you. You're like, oh, well actually if again, if evaluating the behavior and the shoe fit, you have to wear it. So we we can't continue to blame only the adults. We have to take accountability, the big A word that a lot of people hate, after a certain amount of time. And I understand, like I said in the beginning on the first episode, part one of reparenting, you really don't want to be a part of a situation. And you don't understand why you had some of these things happen. And then on the flip side, there's people who totally don't understand that any of this it's even an issue until they encounter somebody who's like, absolutely not. (laughs) You're not going to treat me this way. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not, it's not going to happen. You tend to realize like, oh, well, you know, this was okay for me for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 60 years, however old they are. That person says, well, it may have been okay for them, but it's not okay for me. And then your whole world begins to change up a bit. 
two things happen in those type of situations. One, either you just say, oh, well, you know, bump you because I like the way I live and this is comfortable for me and this is how I was groomed and nobody's ever going to change me. That's your problem. Or you really start to reevaluate what you thought was okay because if more than one person have told me like, hey, I don't like that you do that. I don't like that you treat me this way. I don't like that you, you know, jokingly talk shit to me or whatever the case may be, you start to reevaluate and you say, oh, well, maybe, maybe that is not good, you know, and, and I only did it because there's always a remedy to the issue, but we don't have enough conversations to remedy the issue. So we can't find a remedy to something that we don't know is an ailment. Like it's impossible like I said in the last episode, if there's nothing being taught, what is there to be learned? So when taking these three things that I've said so far, which is getting a peace of mind by way of hobbies so that when you're in your downtime, you're actually able to not overthink, not feel triggered, not, you know, feel overwhelmed because yes these things happen yes your feelings are valid but they should not control your life when i say get some sustainability in those newfound happy areas that make you feel fulfilled because it is important for you to pick them up and not put them down because they're uncomfortable not put them down because your trauma walked back into your life not put them down because you had an event you know that made you feel like, well, this is a waste of time anyway. I'm not even going to try anymore. Nobody cares. Those things are distractions. So when you talk about longevity and sustainability, it helps you understand, you know, I don't understand why this feels so uncomfortable at first, but if I keep going, I will feel better. And, you know, the boundary portion, like I said, so big. You really just want to hone in on those boundaries because once you create those boundaries, you'll be able to say, you know what, listen, you no longer trigger me. You, you know, yes, that happened to me, but you're, you, you no longer hold that type of power in my life. Yes, that happened and I'm not ashamed. Yes, I lived that way before and I will no longer let you hold it against me. Yes, I may have been in some different areas of my life that I'm not proud of, but I embrace them. So last thing is, I wouldn't say last thing. (laughs) Forgive me, y'all. Number four, triggers. Really take the time to identify your triggers. And when identifying these triggers, make sure you're identifying them for one sole purpose, and that's healing. Don't identify your triggers just to go and get retaliation or revenge on the people who caused them, but really get down to the nitty gritty tooth and nail about why these things trigger you. When did they start? Why didn't you know they were a trigger? How did you mask it over the past years in your life so that you, you know, felt like it became a normalcy. How have you dealt with it? And how are you going to soothe it 
moving forward because triggers could be something simple like you you can't complete a task because you had a certain conversation with a person or one of your family members may have mentioned someone that you don't want to talk about or you're like I said in in my other episodes you're on the community and you see somebody that you don't want to see you know an old family member an ex an old friend and you're just like oh I did not want to run into them today but you did so now you have to find strength in knowing that yes that used to be a trigger but now and then I would say come up with a trigger regimen like if you are triggered how long will it take you to be untriggered how long would it take you to come back down to level one and be back in your you know normal rhythmic flow after that type of event happened because we're we're not going to be you know sitting around here like oh that's never going to happen to me yes it will it actually can and it will may not happen today may not happen next year but there are things that happen in life that are inevitable that we cannot control we literally have no control over other people we only can control and govern ourselves with that being said i really really recommend everyone take the time to come up with a trigger regimen because trauma is one thing but trauma also gives us ptsd which i feel my opinion not a doctor here but i feel like the ptsd is what gives us the triggers like The trauma causes the PTSD and the PTSD causes the triggers to linger and we don't really get diagnosed every day, but post-traumatic stress, anybody can have that. Children can have it just simply from a traumatic event happening to them. There are certain things that your brain is not supposed to have to endure, yet it does. So you have to come up with how to reset it. So four things we talked about for reparenting. And this will be the last one, wholeheartedly heal. Heal, the big H. With all that I said in the beginning of this segment, those things are great. Getting a hobby, trying not to focus so much on your trauma. Not saying not focus on your trauma. We talked about that in the first episode, part one. This is once part two, once you focus on your trauma, what to do next i feel like there's never really enough conversation about after you have accomplished what the world promotes what's after that that's what made me make this particular segment because there's a lot of heal yourself heal yourself heal yourself this is how you do it this is step one through five and then you get to step five and you're like okay so what do i do now so that's where my recommendations came from as far as trying to reparent yourself from those toxic cycles and environments. And I hate to say it like this, but this is my way of saying it. Those generational consequences, because not everything is a curse. Some things are simply taught. They may not even know that it was bad, but it was still taught. And it's very unhealthy, yet you learned it. And the people who taught it to you, they learned it. And the people who taught it to them, they learned it. And until enough of us get up, get out, speak up, speak out, we're not going to see the change in life that we want to see. That's why we have to be it. 
We literally have to be the change in life we want to see. We want to create boundaries. We want to tell people no as a complete sentence. We want to just get people on one accord with the way we want to live our lives individually. We do not have to stick to the game plan. We don't have to sweep things under the rug because those are past things that worked for them, but it doesn't mean they work for us. And that's pretty much all I have for you today, you guys. I'm very proud of everyone. I really, 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 really am proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.